0: Welcome to the Kickstart Garage, where we want to inspire and educate the leaders of tomorrow. Join us as we learn from the best in the business.
1: Welcome back to the Kickstart Garage. I'm your host, Sam John Byrne, and I'm accompanied by my co host, Gavin Quigley. On today's show, we're going to run through the key takeaways from a great book on negotiation called Never Split the Difference Negotiating as If Your Life Depended on It by Chris Voss. So let's talk about the the premise of the book first. So every day we encounter a negotiation without actually realizing it. And the whole premise of the book is, it's based around the idea of where you're stuck in a situation where you can't split the difference. There's no getting the yes or creating a win-win situation. And Chris comically says in the book, how are you supposed to split the difference with some bad guy that has four hostages, he wants a jet to Cuba and $1 million in cash? Do you say, okay, We'll take two hostages. Uh, we'll give you a helicopter to New Jersey, and you could take an Uber from there. Uh, for those of you who don't have the time to read the book, don't worry. In the following episode, we'll go through the principles that will guide you in your negotiations so that you come with the best, po- or so that you get the best possible outcome. Um, but before we get into it, Gavin, you want to give our audience a bit of background on who's Chris Foss?
0: Of course, yeah. I'll, I'll jump into the, the background on, on Voss now in a second. And just for the salespeople out there listening who are like, oh, this might not apply to me because sales is a lot about the kind of haggling and the split the difference. There are some fantastic principles in the book that would get to a little bit later that do apply perfectly to business development, B2B sales, B2B, B2C sales as well. Um, so there certainly is something in it for everyone, and it's a really, really unique approach. So we'll fly into that in a bit. Just the background on the author, of course, and uh, a co-author of the book, you know, for those who don't know already, Chris Voss, he's an American businessman, author, of course, and uh, an academic, but what he's actually, uh, he's actually a former FBI hostage negotiator. He's the CEO of uh, the Black Swan Black Swan Group Ltd as well, and uh, he's one of the main reasons people know him is indeed because of this book. He's the co-author of Never Split the Difference. Currently, he's a professor at Georgetown University's school called McDonough School of Business. Uh, He's a lecturer as well at uh, the Marshall School of Business at University of Southern California. So. Chris Voss, he's he's one of those guys with an insanely interesting career background. And if you ever, if you listen to him on a podcast or anything like that, he's just one of those people that you can't help but listen to every single word. You know, it's fascinating to see how he's turned his experience with the FBI into like a, a platform for building his thesis on negotiation and negotiation mastery. So let me give you a little bit of a timeline of his journey so far. Voss was a member of the New York City Joint Terrorism Task Force from 1986 to 2000. He was involved in monitoring the New York City landmark bomb plot after spending three years investigating the 93 World World Trade Center bombing. So he was the the co-case agent during the investigation of the 1996 TWA Flight 800 explosion his early background in in 1992 he received hostage negotiation training at the fbi academy so this is where he spent 24 years working in the fbi crisis negotiation unit and he was actually the fbi's chief international hostage and kidnapping negotiator from 2003-2007 getting a ton of real world intense experience in life or death Negotiation, And more recently, well, I suppose, you know, in 2006, he was the lead negotiator on the Jill Carroll case in Iraq, as well as the Steve Santani case in the Gaza Strip. Voss supervised additional hostage case, cases in the Philippines, Colombia and Haiti as well. So after working on more than 150 international hostage case, cases, he actually retired from the FBI. This was in 2007, and that is when he founded the Black Swan Group. So the Black Swan Group it serves as a consultancy and trainer for both businesses and individuals on negotiation skills. This is more of more of his recent career. So he became an adjunct professor at Georgetown University. The McDonough School of Business um, and a lecturer at the USC Marshall School of Business most recently. So in 2016, that is when Voss co-authored this book, Never Split the Difference, negotiating as if your life depended on it. And he did so with journalist Tal Raz. Voss, he was given the Attorney General's Award for Excellence in Law Enforcement, as well as the FBI Agents Association Award for Distinguished and Exemplary Service. Uh, he's a regular commentator on CNBC, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News and, and NPR. Um, and he's also been featured in Forbes, The New York Times, um, Inc., Variety, and Time, ton of different publications. And uh, most recently, some of you guys might have seen, in 2019, he actually created and uh, narrated himself a masterclass uh, in the art of negotiation. So there's your background on the author Chris Voss. Sam, do you want to jump into some of the principles from the book? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So that's a great rundown of his uh, career, right there. got cheers for that. Um, so how do you never split the difference? And I think it begins with understanding the other side of the negotiation. So people are people are irrational, emotional, and biased, and just. Every great value investor understands this, but what—that's what makes us human, after all. Successful negotiation is all about emotional intelligence and being empathetic. It's all about forming a genuine connection with the other person. Emotion, not logic, determines the success or failure of negotiations. So, in order to make a person feel understood, you need to employ this tactic that um, uh, false coins tactical empathy so tactical empathy encompasses a variety of negotiation strategies all of which are designed to build good faith and give your negotiation partner the illusion of control the ways you employ your voice labels mirrors dynamic silence all contribute to tactical empathy you need to foster a sense of trust you need to get the other party to see what your you wel- your you're, that you're welcoming warm and insightful You're not there to bully them into submission or bury them with facts. You're there to empathize and to help them see that solving your problem helps them solve their problem too. People want to be understood and accepted. It's primal. So understand the other party's goals, motivations, wants, and fears. This will help you navigate the negotiation effectively. The more information you collect about the other side, the more you can use it to your advantage, regardless of what you find out about them. Your actual objective is to build an authentic connection. And the way you do this is to let them do the talking. Try to dispel any sense of fear, suspicion, anger, aggression, distrust. Watch your your counterparty's body language and tone to determine whether they might be experiencing any negative emotions. Instead, aim to magnify positive emotions. People are smarter when they're in a positive frame of mind. Building trust, comfort, and rapport will help you accomplish your goals. Also, just like a game of poker, look for the tells. We all have one way of telling the truth. If you can identify how your uh, counterpart looks and sounds when he or she is being uh, being honest with you, then you'll be able to detect any deviations from that pattern that it may signal a lie. But before you can turn human emotion into your advantage, you need to ensure that the other party feels heard and understood. It always goes back to the old wisdom my business teacher bestowed upon me. God gave you two ears for listening and one mouth for talking, so you should do twice as much listening as you do talking. You need to master the art of active listening. Don't listen to respond, but listen to understand. Put yourself mentally in a place where you're genuinely interested in what the other person has to say and mute your own internal commentary. What most of us us do subconsciously is that we passively listen. We hear what we want to hear. And then filter out the rest. Or we already have what we want to say in our mind. And we're just waiting for the other party to stop talking. Um, so it's a habit you kind of need to break. And a mindset you need to develop. So Gavin, do you want to explain how the tactic of mirroring can demonstrate to the other party that you're actively
0: listening? Mirroring, I mean, a lot of you guys probably be familiar with mirroring. At least you can understand what, what it would be like. I mean, a lot of people would use it in sales. You need to be careful, though, especially if you're like do you know, a business to business sales like an enterprise level where you know it can be a little bit tacky but mirroring is a fantastic resource and you should definitely use it if you want to become a good active listener. So you know anyone interested in like psychology, neurolinguistic programming, like face-to-face or in-person sales, you'll have heard of the concept before. To put it simply, mirroring is basically like the repetition of, of keywords that the other person uses in conversation so the technique it's designed to show the person that you're speaking to that you're listening and that you understand them you'll see like therapists and, and doctors use this technique all the time it helps to build trust it, it illustrates empathy like i understand what you're saying it makes sense Um, and you really start to build rapport and build connection it can also be done by like literally physically mirroring their physiology like through copying their body language if they cross their arms you cross their arms if they scratch their chin you scratch their chin that kind of thing but you do need to be careful not to overdo it um generally speaking though no matter how obvious you do it 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 comes across quite subtle so in never split the difference Voss tells us that mirroring is generally at its most effective when you repeat just like one to three or like a couple of words from the last words, the person you're speaking with has just spoken. Of course, for any salespeople out there who, you know, get caught on a tough call with the very skeptical decision maker, this technique is perfect as it is especially effective in diffusing anger or hostility. Let's say you're doing a, a demo or a presentation. Someone has, you know, reluctantly agreed to a call with you. They're going to come on and say you've got 15 minutes to wear me, and they're going to pick holes in everything that you say. But if you use this technique and anything that they say, kind of just repeat a little bit of it back to them, you can almost subconsciously or, or very subtly diffuse the situation. Now, the author gives us a great example of like a negotiation where the counterpart says, "Oh, I've had a really difficult year, and it seems like you're discounting all the financial and personal stress I've been under." Now, all your response needs to be here is financial and personal stress, question mark at the end. Now, what this method does is it puts people at ease. You're reminding them that you're listening to them. It It's not any deeper than that. You're simply just reducing it, or you, you're kind of reducing tension by saying it back to them. Listen, it's probably going to be a stressful situation if you are negotiating with someone, at least for one of the parties involved. What this does is it makes the other person feel like, ah, someone is listening. Listen, people love to talk to someone who's paying attention to them. And and that is what Voss pushes throughout this book. And it's, it's kind of self-explanatory. You know, everyone's got an ego and when someone speaks, they prefer to be heard. So it's very, very straightforward. It's kind of black and white. And, you know, it's quite simple. Like you may not care at all about the person you're speaking with. I mean, you know, It could be Saran, the person I end up getting in an argument with. You may think they're being completely selfish and unfair, but by simply using the mirroring technique, it can help you to build their trust and eventually get the outcome that you're after. So I'd recommend using it, but do use it sparingly, especially if if you are a salesperson and and don't overdo it in a call, even even if it is on Zoom or something like that. It can come across a bit difficultly or a bit kind of. It, it's difficult to get the, the right balance is what I'm trying to say. So do use it sparingly. Another fantastic way to, to illustrate that you, you understand someone and, and that you're listening to them, and it's an active listening technique that you know a lot of people will use, especially in sales, it's called labeling. So it, what, what Voss refers to labeling as is it's like a verbal acknowledgement of the other side's feelings or positions. So labels are used to almost like neutralize negative emotions or, or even like reinforce positive ones. So labels that they're going to start with something like, it seems like, or it looks like, and you can use it quite well with mirroring because you can say, like, let's say someone is really angry that you're not listening to them. It seems like you think that you're not listening to me or, or something like that. You can use it in sales where you've know, you got this product or this solution that you're trying to sell to them, but obviously in sales, that's the last thing you want to do. You don't want to be talking about the product. So let's say they're facing an issue with upskilling their workforce. You can say that, well, it looks to me like there's an imbalance in skill level across your team, or it seems like you'd like to get more of a base level of a rudimentary understanding of, of the applications that you're using. And what you're doing is taking what they're saying and almost like summarizing it for them. You know, you can throw in a couple of the actual terminologies, the, the terms that they've used in, in their you know conversation with you so far. And all this does is show, OK, this guy makes this guy understands me. You know what I'm saying makes sense. Let's see where this goes. It's all about building rapport at the end of the day. But there's so much more that, that goes into this. You know, something that's also really important is mastering your delivery namely the tone of voice. Sam, do you want to give the, the listeners a bit of an idea of what I'm referring to there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Chris also highlights that a, a successful part of negotiation is mastering the delivery. In the book, he mentions three different tones of voice to use when negotiating. There's the late night FM DJ voice. Uh, <laughs> so you you speak in a deep but soft tone, which is typically aimed at a person that's very analytical uh, upset or nervous and using this uh, voice can cause the other person to cause the other person to be slow and calm and there's neuroscience that actually backs that up a smooth and calming voice actually has an effect on the other person's brain chemistry and most situations uh, actually call for a different type of voice and it's a more positive and playful voice and the voice communicate and this voice communicates that you're, you know, you're easy, you're easygoing and empathetic, and it it puts things in a positive light with an with an encouraging attitude. So if you smile while you're speaking, this voice will come out naturally, and um, even if your counterpart can't see your smile, it will all come through the tone of your voice. In the book, he calls this the commentator's voice. Finally, there's the assertive voice. It's direct. It's and it's honest. It's a voice where you plant your feet in the ground and you say. This is what I want and when I want it. This voice makes people feel combative. It's not really good for your negotiating. Overall, active listening, mirroring, labeling, mastering delivery um, and and just understanding the other person, building that authentic relationship is all about just demonstrating your emotional intelligence. Uh, And I, I feel it's second nature to somebody who's Irish. I feel a lot of Irish people actually possess these characteristics by design. It's almost it's embedded in our culture, um. But all of this is just still this one side of the coin. Now, uh, Chris goes on to talk about uh, various tactics. Now, we haven't we're not going to talk about all of them that are in the book, but we we have uh nitpicked the ones that we felt were the most important. So they're just to to, to highlight them before we go into them is the value of no, the accusations audit. And black swans, we felt these were the most important negotiation <laughs> negotiation, negotiation, tactics um, from the book. So we'll, we'll run through them now. So Chris employs a negotiation tactic that is uh, very contrarian to the famous negotiation book called Getting to Yes. Instead, he encourages the counterparty to say no. In sales or in negotiation, it's been found that the counterparty feels that every yes is like a trick or a trap, and there's an automatic aversion to the word. However, people are thought that when they say no, that they've protected themselves from the trap. So you should encourage the counterparties to say no. For example, instead of saying, have you got a few minutes, say is now a bad time. It's just switching from yes to no to start with. Um, Do you want to take the audience uh, through another negotiation tactic called the accusations audit?
0: the accusations audit yeah i'll I'll jump in but i'll give you a definition of that just on the value of now as well take that with a pinch of salt and like i fall victim i fell victim to this in, in sales where you're just like like there's so many different like schools of thought when it comes to sales so don't don't be worrying too much about the questions you ask at the end of the day you're trying to build rapport with people so don't worry too much about I'm asking a question that he said no to or, oh no, I'm asking a question that they said yeah to. At the end of the day, always focus on the person you're speaking with and focus on, on building the rapport. And you kind of need to use your initiative a little bit. It's it's not just focusing on a, either a yes or a no. But yeah, the accusations audit is a, quite a, a helpful tool that I got from this book, just to give you a definition. So an accusations audit is an exhaustive list of you know, basically all the negative things the other side of a negotiation may think or feel or or say about about your side. So compiling an accusations audit, it helps you to get ahead of the objections that could, you know, hinder the successful completion of your deal. Learning how to perform a, a pro accusation audit, what it does is it helps you to prepare for any negotiation and It provides you with a list of effective counter arguments before you even take your seat at at the bargaining table. So what you're doing is you're just listing out every preconceived notion the person is likely to have about you. You're not denying any of these things. And it's important that you don't because then you come across as being on the defensive straight away. Like Voss, the author, he gives an example of a salesperson who's gotten someone to agree to a, a meeting with them. And here, it's actually okay to say, oh, you're probably wondering whether this is going to be a waste of your time. You're just putting it on the table. I mean, most people, when they are speaking with a salesperson, that's 100% the first thing that they're going to think. So you're not trying to overcome an objection. You're not even trying to rationalize them doing business with you at this stage. All you're doing is deactivating the negatives by labeling them. You're forcing the person to confront them straight away, and they don't need to overcome them. They just need to see that they're there and that you acknowledge them. And you can diffuse the problem before it arises this way. It makes the conversation go a lot smoother. So generally speaking, they're going to respond in in one of three ways. So one, they're gonna be completely silent. They'll just let you speak and and then jump into things. Or they're gonna say, yes, you're dead right. I do think this is gonna be a waste of time. isn't, Isn't the worst thing. or The third thing, well, third way they'll respond is they'll actually cut you some slack and they'll say something like, Nah, stop it, you know, you're being too hard on yourself. I don't think it's going to be a waste of time. Now, the important thing to remember here is that these are all actually good responses because they're either A listening to you and you you've got their full attention, or B, even better, they're engaging, they're embracing what you're saying, and you know, they've come onto your side. This it's half the battle, so that's very important to remember. Um, Sam, do you want to jump into one of the other things in the book, black swans, and I'll tell the listeners what those are?
1: Yeah. So finally, well, this this last point that we uh, kind of picked up from the book, um, Chris talks about various degrees of leverage and this idea of black swans. As a negotiator, you need to instill that element of fear in the other party which makes them feel like they have everything to lose if the deal falls through and according to chris there are three types of leverage there's positive negative and normative. positive leverage this is when this is when you as a negotiator can withhold or provide what the other party wants negative leverage this is your ability as a negotiator to make the other party suffer and normative this is when you analyze the other party's stance and use use it to advance your position so black swans are essentially uh, leverage multipliers in a way it's about uncovering the unknown unknowns that can help aid your leverage so let your known knowns guide you but don't let them blind you from what you don't know every case is new so be open flexible and adaptive so move the discussion away from the deal. Dig into different topics and uh, and interests. Take the discussion away from the negotiation table and into the emotions and life of the other party. That's where the black swans live. People find comfort in similarity. They are more likely to concede to someone who they have common beliefs with. You need to try and find that common ground. Um, and I think that's critically important to understand so anyway for those of you that aren't aware uh chris has so many resources where he goes into more depth on each of these principles we've highlighted over on his website blackswangroup.com. and uh, as gavin mentioned he even has his own masterclass if you ever want to find out more again the book is called never split the difference negotiating as if your life depended on it i think uh we'll wrap it up there Thanks for uh, tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to be notified weekly of our latest episodes, you can subscribe to the newsletter. We'll leave the link in the description. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and now even TikTok. Um, So thanks again. And we'll, we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks for listening to the Kickstart
0: Garage. This show is for entertainment purposes only
1: this show is for entertainment purposes only no one on the show has provided investment advice the information provided by the kickstart garage podcast should not be construed as investment advice the opinions and views expressed on the kickstart garage podcast or those of the participants do not reflect those of the host or sponsors the kickstart garage its producers sponsors hosts and guests shall not be liable for losses resulting from the investment decisions based upon the opinions or viewpoints presented on the kickstart garage